Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Johanna's Art Beat. Today I'm very excited to let you know that I'm going to be speaking with Ella Smith. She is one of the writer creators of This Is BS The Series, which was also created with her friend Lindsay Bristol. As you might have heard me say in prior episodes, unfortunately, I had a wonderful interview with both those ladies, but I had my first terrible technical difficulties, and that interview was lost. Um, so I'm only going to be talking with Ella, but I will be discussing Lindsay as well, because she's a huge part. And shout out to everybody involved in the production. Previously on Johanna's Art Beat, I had Taya Rapp Olson, and this episode has been pretty much my most popular. Um, the YouTube views, excuse me, are gangbusters. It's probably the most viewed video I've ever had. So I want to see if you guys continue to enjoy the video um, component. So please comment and let me know if that's um, a preference, um, because I'd like to get my uh, the artists I have on more more um, attention, of course, and I'd like you to get more of the word out about my podcast. I am your host, of course, Johanna Grisset. Um, other than that, uh, we also have everyone involved in this podcast has been doing so well. This is BS is doing amazingly. Ryan, who was on the podcast uh, in the past, he recently had his first role on Law & Order SBU. Um, congratulations, Ryan. Um, my friend, coach and mentor Eugenie Bondron is just crushing it as a model, doing work constantly in Paris. Um, everyone who has been involved with the podcast has been doing really, really well. So thank you so much for, you know, being loyal fans and listeners. Again, if you can subscribe on YouTube, um, you can also check out my acting and singing work as well. But thank you so much for tuning in and thank you for making the last episode um, with Teo so popular. Um, I hope you've been watching him on The Walking Dead. He's an incredible artist, Sebastian. Okay, so here's my review of This Is BS. I'm going to try to do that on video too, since you guys seem to really like video, so, which is new to me because I prefer a podcast to be audio only, but uh, here goes. I love subscriptions, comments, and all that jazz too as well. Pretty please. So This Is BS. My friend Ella Smith and her collaborator, Lindsay Bristol, recently put out the fantastic new series, This Is BS, a mockumentary-style seven-episode series centering around a non-union summer stock theater. As an actor, it was really relatable, even for actors like myself who've never done summer stock theater. Um, it is in many ways a love letter to the theatrical community. Although the series is also a comedy, the teasing is never malicious and it obviously comes from people who really love the arts. For purposes of this podcast, I'll be reviewing episode two entitled Method in the Madness. I do reference the prior episode a bit and I would highly recommend watching it first. Um, just to get introduced to the main characters and to avoid any spoilers I might be discussing. So here's your time to pause if you'd like to. Um, so the prior episode established for us the main cast who are part of the summer stock season of the fictional theater company, Bristol Shores Playhouse. This is BS. It took an embarrassing moment or two for me to realize that, that, that was that this is BS. Yeah, sad but true. Um, Jesse Kane Gill is the techie slash stage manager who we were introduced during auditions in the first episode. The episode starts this one, number two, with Jesse dragging trash to a dumpster in the woods. After a struggle to do so, see in theater, people of all different sizes are expected to be able to do grunt work. Um, we cut to a black title screen with voices singing to open the episode. It shows the series won't just be portraying the glamor of the theater. From there, we cut to an adorable barn with a company name on it and the first day of rehearsal in quotes in the lower screen to bring us right into the Bristol Shores universe. We're then taken to the actors rehearsing, including Ella Smith, who plays wide-eyed, sweet ingenue Margot. 
um, Lindsay Bristol as Jessica, who has worked with Bristol before, and Ashley Chu as Chrissy, who we first meet last episode as struggling to fit in with her survival job, fit in her audition, excuse me, with her survival job. Christopher Joel Onkin plays Daniel, an intense method actor, and Azriel Cruz is Bakara Rose, who we first met last episode when her name is called incorrectly at the audition. So hopefully I said it right. Apologies if I didn't. Also in the room is Yana Papadimos, if I'm probably saying that wrong, I apologize, who plays Ben, who it is clear from the prior episode doesn't really fit in. And finally, Jack Scott is Evan, who we first meet the prior episode freezing online waiting to get into auditions. And I can tell you, for a lot of actors now, if you're going to EPAs, they're mostly virtual. But when I first moved here and for many years prior to, and who knows if it'll come back, even if you were non-union, you could go to EPAs and wait to see if you were seen. And sometimes that would entail standing outside in the freezing cold to keep your spot in line. Um, and I think it was it was a cool process to get to go through, but um, in some ways it's great that you don't have to deal with that as much now for the younger actors out there. Anyway, back to the auditions, uh, the uh, review rather. The episode begins with Amanda Pinto as Vanessa. She's gathering the performers for an announcement about a new choreographer. AJ Diddy is fantastic as Ted, the head of the theater, who we also met last episode at auditions, of course. And we find he cannot attend this rehearsal as he is dealing with important legal matters. Hmm. Shayla Parrott, Linda, who we met last episode, is the most seasoned actress, comes in late just as the speech starts. The gang of actors find out that their new choreographer will be an accomplished one, Nathan Rivera, played by Steven Rada. The cast are beyond excited by this news, and Nathan is introduced and rehearsals are underway. The episode consists of confessional style used in most mockumentaries. This teaches us more about our main crew. It's quite funny that Nathan is seen as of as older and experienced when he doesn't seem much older than the other performers. Um, that's often though how the, the industry is though, especially when the cast gossip about him being the sexier older man. This is a great commentary on how the industry views age. Um, this episode also does that with the treatment and pressure on Linda to be seen as a mom to the others who, she isn't much older than the other actresses, but is clearly feeling the ageism in this industry. And again, that's something that um, women in this industry deal with all the time. Um, Sheila, Shayla really makes you sympathize with her character well, and I'm sure with a lesser actor, she would be unlikable when she asks for better treatment, but as she plays Linda, it comes off as understandable and extremely relatable. She was one of my favorites. Everybody's great, but I really related to that character a lot. The episode also focuses on the rehearsal process for Medea, who Bakara Rose plays, and Daniel, who plays her love interest. The duo are set up here as a possible showmance, the term used for a romance between cast members during a show run. Romances that usually don't last. They both really send up the intensity we often use as performers as well. The company is performing Medea and Mamma Mia in rep. Um, the episode also shows Rose and Daniel using Meisner methods to work on their characters and them trying to initiate Margot with a late night ritual that she walks in on one evening. Ella really played the excited newcomer so well. Uh, ben gets ignored and picked on by the other actors and I especially sympathize, sympathize for him. We have all as artists yearned to fit in, but have been in situations where sadly we weren't accepted or even were made the butt of jokes. Though theater is magical, it can also be brutal and very catty, unfortunately. There are a lot of great one-liners, and I think every actor will especially enjoy the jokes and the parody of the behind the scenes of the theatrical world. 
Jessica trying to use her sexuality on Nathan is wonderfully awkward, and she really plays off being clueless at how little it's working as well. Evan plays the gay gossip, gay gossip, excuse me, to a T, and his bonding with Chrissy is a joy to watch. I really, really enjoyed the show. And as I told my friend Ella when I first saw it, I was like, this looks like this could be on TV right now. I think it's fantastic and there's so much more to come with it. So I love this series. It's free online on YouTube. I would highly recommend you check it out. Thanks for listening to the review. And next up, my interview with Miss Ella Smith. Okay, so before I get to my interview with Ella Smith, I want to tell you a little bit about her. And I'm also going to tell you a little bit about Lindsay Bristol, who um, was supposed to be in this episode, but when we first ran it, unfortunately, I had some technical issues. So um, I did want to also just send you some, say some information, excuse me, about Lindsay, because it's basically my fault that she wasn't able to be on this episode because technical issues, but we discussed her in the episode. So I'm just going to give a brief bio of her as well, and then of Ella. So Lindsay Bristol is a bi-coastal director, writer, producer with a BFA in musical theater from the University of Montevallo in Birmingham, Alabama. She has over a decade of experience in entertainment production and worked with top industry professionals in TV, film, on Broadway, and in live um, events. In addition to producing slash writing her own work, including the original show we discuss here, This is BS, she has Down Boy, um, Storm Stories, a podcast about the impact of Hurricane Katrina, on coastal Mississippi high school students who are now adults facing a global pandemic, and Superhero Princess, a narrative music video. She's worked as a casting associate, associate excuse me, with Mongolia Theatricals, a talent consultant with UGA, production coordinator for multiple events, and live stream clients, including Willow Weddings, Winter's Eve at Lincoln Center, The Actors Fund, Cherub Improv, and a production assistant on network sets, including ESPN and TVN. She's also an avid puppeteer and a golfer. So that's about um, our friend, Lindsay Bristol. If you want more about her, it's lindsaybristol.com. And then Ella, she's at ellanicolesmith.com. So Ella, who I'm talking to today, was born and raised in the Twin Cities, and she moved to New York City to study drama and NYU's famous Tisch School of the Arts. So she's another guest who is a Tisch alum. She studied at the Stella Adler Studio there, and in her junior year, was one of 16, just 16 students selected to attend the Shakespeare program at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art in London. In addition to her classical training, she studied improv and sketch art at the Upright Citizens Brigade, where she fell in love with comedy. She wrote, starred in, and produced a short comedic film titled Period. And she wrote a mockumentary web series about non-union regional summer stock theater called This Is BS, which we're discussing shortly, which she also acted in and produced as did Lindsay, excuse me, as well on the show. Ella is a member of the sketch comedy group, Stupid Hot, and when not acting, finds great joy teaching classes at Rikers Island Correctional Facility. That's something we'll also touch on. So without further ado, here's my chat with Ella Smith. Welcome to Johanna's Art Beat, Ella Smith. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Yes, thank you so much. And, and Ella is just amazing because um, we had some technical difficulties and she was kind enough to still come back, <laughs> even though even though this is just, you know, technology sometimes just doesn't obey us. It's, you know, I, going I, to I can't I can't judge because I'm the worst with technology. 
<laughs> so I hear you. <laughs> it had to happen once. So thank you for your patience. And no of course, um, who's not here this time, unfortunately, is Lindsay Bristol, but she's also amazing and part of this. So I wanted to shout her out. Yeah. Um, and just really, really quickly, um, to start out how I connected with Ella, um, was, uh, through, you know, some play work and also coming to do, to, to do extra work for her, for her series. Um, so that was a lot of fun. So thank you for letting me be a small part of it. Oh my gosh. Thank you. It was a crazy day, but it was, a it was fun though. I mean, it was so I'm much fun. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. 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 And it was like, basically we got to do a really bad audition, like got to overact on purpose. Yeah. I was like, yes, I'll do that. <laughs> and I remember you told me that you laughed a lot. All right. I was, oh my gosh. Cause I was, uh, I was on the other side of the camera. So watch, and we just, we just kept the camera going and we're just having like actors come in, um, just right. like one after the other doing their, shitty audition <laughs> and we were all in the back just like fists in our mouths crying trying so hard not to ruin it oh my gosh it was so funny <laughs> oh absolutely I mean, it must have been a blast because there's some funny ones i watched some of the other ones um and just before we get into the into the um into the show that this is bs um i did just want to touch on really quickly that ella you you um worked at Rikers for a while. So I didn't know there were like acting programs for incarcerated people. If you want to just talk briefly about that. So, yeah. I so um, I got involved through teaching about teaching acting classes at Rikers through the studio that I trained at, the Sella Adler studio, studio of Acting, and a big part of their... For Tish, right? Um, You're the Tish program for Stella Adler. Within Tish, yeah. And then, but you could go to Stella Adler if you're part of NYU or not part of NYU. Yeah, exactly, yes. Um, and part of their, um, you know, identity and, and mission statement is that growth as a actor and growth as a human being are synonymous. Mm, yeah. So them having outreach, a really strong outreach, outreach program was really, really, um, a core pillar of like their school. So I started, I learned about their outreach program where they would go and teach acting classes at Rikers and actually all New York City jails. Um, oh. all over. And, uh, when they were like hiring for assistants, I applied and was like, I'm really passionate about doing this type of work. I've always been interested. Um, and then through that, I moved up from an assistant to having my own classes. Nice. And, uh, yeah, it, it's just, unfortunately, COVID has shut it down and kind of mm. they've changed their model. So I haven't been able to be back since. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I consider it like a great one of the great privileges of my I'm life. Sure, it was. And do you um do they do like anything virtual now since COVID, or are they really just a pause? No, I I mean maybe they did. I remember mm-hmm. the Stella Adler Studio was collecting monologues and poems and things mm-hmm. to send as like a nice. video. Um, but they're I mean it's pretty. Un- I I just can't imagine they get their act together enough to be able to do video classes or things like that. That's you know, really fair. That's fair. It's just um, such a nice thing to have for the people there. I that's what I it just breaks my heart thinking about how all the programs that were canceled during COVID and um I mean for local they rely on programs to just kind of like get them through the day and, and yeah. you know what I mean? Like and there's so many amazing organizations that bring programs to Rikers. Um, you know, I saw dancing classes. Someone outside, this is New York, folks. Someone outside is not happy. They could just probably, like, with my street, they probably could go down another street. They're just going to be loud. It's okay. This is, like, the loudest room in our apartment, too, which, of course, is the room that I, like, film auditions and voiceover. And I'm always like, why? Um, <laughs> it's all good. 
Yeah, yeah. So talk about no, that. No, 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 that's cool. I just wanted to kind of touch on it when yeah. you about it because I think it's just a really cool thing. It's really cool that you did it. Um, yeah. And even though she's not uh, here with us today, Lindsay has this also this podcast called like was it Storm Searchers? Storm so, Stories. Storm Stories. I think you should also guys check that out because that was really um yeah. really interesting and cool piece. It was like what was it um about one of the hurricanes, right? It was about Hurricane Katrina. Yes, Hurricane yeah, yeah. Katrina. So you can, I think you can still find it online. I'll post more information and get with her on yeah. that. But I just wanted to touch on that because I think that's also an amazing thing that she did. So I just wanted to shout that out since she's not here. Yeah. Um, so cool. And so let's get into the show. This is BS the series, which centers around an acting company of a summer stock and the drama that ensues. And of course, Bristol Shores, excuse me, you know, it took me a second to realize, you know, that's what that stood for, Bristol Shores, and you know, because it has a double meaning yeah. of being, this is BS. Um, and you and um, Lindsay met at real summer stock. Uh, at, how to say the name of the playhouse because I forgot how to say Lindsay it. Lindsay and I met while working. We were doing a summer contract at the Winnipesaukee Playhouse. Yes, that was it. Yes. <laughs> yep, which is in New Hampshire. And it's just a very idyllic, you know, red barn converted into a beautiful theater, um, you know, by the lake and in a, in a you know, lovely, smaller, smaller town, um, New England town. Um, and yeah, Lindsay, my co-creator and writer, co-creator of the series, um, we met there and um, we were, you know, doing rehearsals in the day and, and performances at night. And um, we just remember talking like, you know, crazy, crazy things happen all the time at Summerstock because you're just, you're living, breathing, eating theater. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I really want to do it now, actually, after just uh, It's so fun. I mean, it's, it's like kind of ratchet, but it's so fun. Yeah, but like, it's an experience. Yeah, yeah. There's not always a lot of money in it, but. Well, yeah, um, no, theater in general. Theaters, you know, are so devoted to their communities and to creating something really, really special and like great, great work happens. Um, and so a lot of actors, get out of the city out of New York for the summer, which is really fun and can go somewhere else on the East coast, you know, and so like swimming and beach days and all these things, but then also just, you know, working 24 seven, basically. Um, it's like summer camp for adults because you're mm -hmm. living with your friends and then rehearsing sure. during the day. Yeah, exactly. And I think you told me you kind of got the idea while you were like behind this, you were like in the wings or something where you're doing shows. Yeah, we, we, something funny had happened. I can't remember exactly what was the, the impetus for the idea, but we were like, this is hilarious. We need to write this down. This needs to be a TV show. Um, so we started writing it, you know, while we were backstage, um, waiting to go on. <laughs> we started writing <laughs> scenes and that kind of stuff. Um, and then when we got back to New York, it was when we really, um, you know, started taking it to the next level, finishing out writing the season. And we um, wanted to get a, a director and cinematographer on early on mm -hmm. um, to, you know, collaborate with and, and, and um, you know, get some feedback on the scripts and see their visions. And so I went to school with Amanda Pinto and Jake Nathanson, who oh, right. are the minds behind suburban headshot photography here in New oh, York. okay. They're super okay. talented. They're super cool. We adore them. Um, so we reached out to them and was like, this is something that you guys would be interested. So cool. the connections I mean, matter as I talk about a lot on the podcast. The people you meet, connections. For sure. Matter. Yeah. And I, I didn't, I never like hung out with them that much, but I always like ran in similar circles. Sure, so of course. Them, yeah. And, and, and why not use people that you know are good at what they do? So of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Jake had filmed a short film of mine nice. a few years, 
prior. So there was, um, I had really enjoyed working with him. So Amanda came on as our director, Jake as our cinematographer, and um, they just really helped us, you know, make it come alive and, and, you know, make it into a thing. So then we had to fundraise for it, and that was a whole process. And um, finally, we got our cast and crew of 25. And um, what's amazing is Lindsay and we were looking around when we first started writing this. We're like, okay, like how can we rearrange our own apartments to make it look like a lot of different spaces and and stuff like that. Um, But we were like, gosh, we just really wish we could film it at the Winnipesaukee Playhouse because that's a shared place that we had in our mind. So when we were writing (laughs) the whole theater, that theater was like, you know, in our minds as we were writing it and uh, Neil and Leslie Pankhurst, who are the owners of them. (laughs) <laughs> the Winnipesaukee. Yes, they are amazing. They're just delightful people. They have run such a, you know, wonderful theater. Mm-hmm. And um, we reached out to them and was like, hey, any chance you'd be open to letting us film mm-hmm. at your theater? And they were like, we've got one week off in September. You can have it for that one week. Oh, and beautiful. they just like let us have full reign. And they had no idea, like bless them. They had no idea what we were about to bring up to them. But they, uh, welcome trusted you that's awesome you know yeah they were great really really cool um and did you like do any kind of recording of it before putting it on youtube or was that was just like pretty much just did um pitching to people i guess we did a little like festival web series festival circuit um so it won audience choice award at the minnesota web fest it won best ensemble cast at the new york web fest awesome. um wow. yeah so we kind of did a few like we did a bunch of, of festivals for for a year um which was fun to see other people's work and you know make connections and that sort of thing yeah of course um, but we were always really clear that we wanted it to be free and accessible because for oh, us the point of this was to you know showcase our work and showcase all the amazing people who absolutely brought their talents to it and we didn't want any price or anything, you know, we're not, we weren't in it, you know, I mean, in the arts, you're never really in it. It's too. a labor of love. It has to be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One of these days we'll all be rich, maybe, but yeah, that's not why you get into it. Make money. Yeah, yeah, you don't. Right. People sometimes think, so you, you do, they think everyone in the arts is like, it's like, no, we do because we want to do it or else we'd be pretty much. Yeah. We have to have other jobs, too. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> full-time jobs. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Um, and of course, you've got a really great producing team. You've got Funny Girl Productions, Rock Rising, and Terry Crews. So how do you go about, you know, connecting with different producers and getting them involved, you know, for anyone who's listening who wants to make film themselves? So Funny Girl Productions, ours were all kind of just like lucky random connections. Um, Funny Girl Productions is the LLC that Lindsay and I started. Right, so right, that- right. That's us. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they were so happy to come on board and like, you know, give us their money. <laughs> <laughs> They're the best. <laughs> um, Rock Rising, Lindsay knew the team behind that um, production company. And they, you know, had some money set aside that they just wanted to use to support artists. So we, you know, had a meeting with them and they were happy to... Um, get behind us, help us out, and have been really, really amazing support. Um, they're a super cool uh, New York little production nice. team. 
Um, by little, I mean, like, just like it's a sm- it's a handful of people, but they're like quite prolific. They have like, four different podcasts that they produce, awesome. musical, music albums, et cetera, et cetera. They're very cool. Check them out. Rock Rising. Um, and then Terry Crews saw our fundraising pitch video and, um, unbeknownst to us, became interested and, and wanted to support. So, um, we feel very lucky that we had so many people behind us who were, um, excited about the idea. That's so awesome. Yeah, I was just looking. I'm like, I think I saw Rock Rising. I do. Maybe your other one, too. Um, that's really cool. Yeah, I mean... I'm sure the getting the money part, I feel like that's something us creatives don't really like to do, but it's, it's necessary because it's it's awkward. It's like, you know. It's so funny because I thought it was going to be an awful experience. And it was awful yes. just in the sense that we did not give ourselves enough time to fundraise. Mm-hmm. We were like, oh, we'll have all summer. And then, you know, because we had our set date for mm-hmm. Winnipeg, right. we had a timeline and a, and a mm-hmm. you know, crunch time. So we're like, we'll give ourselves all summer. And then we're like, you know, we'll just fundraise for a month. And then finally we're like, okay, we're going to do two weeks of really hard fundraising, which was so stupid. And I would never recommend to anyone. It was the most stressful thing. But um, it it was also a really positive experience because when you're fundraising, you know, you send a bajillion emails and reach out Mm. to everyone basically. And it's like, Hey, this is why I'm passionate about this project, and this is why I think you would be interested in it too. And seeing the people who, you know, maybe I haven't even talked to in a few years, you know, seeing them donate even like fifteen dollars, like That's it was really, really cool. really cool to see. It was actually a really like moving Aww. experience. I was, I was just so grateful, you know, like yeah, no, that's um, it's nice to see when people like you know are like believe in you and like. Support yeah, you. yeah, it was a cool. So some of it's wild as an artist to realize. Oh yeah, people support me. That's right. Right. Uh, <laughs> we forget sometimes. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is because like I, I did a play recently and I was like, some people came. I had one person, a friend came who I haven't seen in like a year or two, and I was like, oh okay. Like it's just yeah. nice to know, realize that you know you have people um, who, who really care. Um, and it's important to have have. We need support. We need support. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how did you guys, it's, um, go about, cause it was just mostly the two of you. How'd you go about casting the main roles? And I think you might've said you, you have actors in mind. Like what was the casting process like? Um, so we pretty much just sent, uh, we like kept it pretty small. We just used our own networks, um, right. posted on social media that we were casting. Um, we had like very little kind of monologues for for mm-hmm. the different characters and people just sent in tapes. So um some roles, you know, we got like maybe six or seven tapes. Some of them we got like one or two, you know what I mean? Wow. Um but we were, you know, the four of us, Jake, Amanda, Lindsay, and me, we mm-hmm. you know, have, four have know a lot of actors, obviously. Mm-hmm. And um so there were some that we would reach out in particular and it was mm-hmm. like, you think you'd be really good at this. We'd love to see you for this role. Um, yeah, casting was really fun. It's so interesting being on the other side of the table, you know, because we're so used to making our submission tapes and our audition yes. tapes. Yes. Be able to see them. It was really, really fun. Yeah, I did that once when I did Proof Back in Florida. Yeah, it's, you, you sometimes you have people you have in mind too, and you ask them to come and all that jazz. So that's good. It's, it went well. Um, yeah. and did you, I forget, did you guys, uh, improv at all or was it more mostly scripted? We did definitely improv for sure because. Um, our timeline was so stupid. <laughs> our timeline was eight days to film 
eight episodes. It ended up being cut down to seven episodes, but it's eight episodes. We basically great episodes. <laughs> film a feature length film length of material in eight days, which is like just it's stupid. It's stupid. It's unheard of. Uh, it's ambitious, not stupid. It's ambitious. <laughs> it was. I still have PTSD from it. It was the Aww. best, coolest thing I've ever done. Our cast and crew was amazing, but. You know, we felt responsible for people, and we were working them pretty hard. So I, I feel <laughs> feel guilty about that. Sure. Um, but yeah, so sometimes because of the format, you know, it's mockumentary. Um, it's kind of we just did single cam. We did right. Worry all it works really well. All of the different angles that cut down a lot of time. Um, but usually we would do like one or two, three takes um, where Jake and Amanda felt good, and then we would do a fun run and let people kind of go crazy and, and do whatever they want. And because we had such a strong cast of actors, that was always, so often those takes are the ones that made it in because our cast is just so funny. They were all so, Great. yeah, to have, to be able to work with so many actors who are just like game to play was such yes. a treat. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and okay. So the show's main plot surrounds and it's not really a spoiler. It's on the site. But finding out that the director of this didn't really have the rights to perform one of the shows, Mamma Mia. And for those of you not in the industry, you know, it's you, you often have to pay to put up a production. And some older works, I'm sure, like Medea, the other production were fine. What was like, like, have you dealt with licensing issues? I think you told me something about that, how that works. Well, maybe it's a little expensive, reason, right? The reason the plot line came up was because we so we you know were writing it and we're like oh during their summer season they'll do Mamma Mia and they're doing Medea um but we were like okay well we can't afford the licensing for Mamma Mia you know like right everyone and their mom is doing it and it's like Mm -hmm. I don't even we didn't even get I think we got a quote but it was thousands and thousands wow because plays are like a hundred yeah musicals and especially if they're being you know done in the area yeah it makes sense recently on Broadway um so we basically, you know, art imitates reality where we're like, okay, well, we can't afford to get the licensing rights for this. So neither can the theater in the show. So we made that you know, <laughs> a plot point where... Right, what you know. Exactly. The artistic director can't afford to get the rights for the musical. So the actors have to create a parody of it last minute. Um, so that that was honestly the most fun coming up like rewriting lyrics and music that's similar to Mamma Mia but different enough that we wouldn't get in trouble for it um, <laughs> like voulez-vous is the French song that means like I want it right or I want it right, right. so then we did Kieres instead just switched <laughs> to Spanish so it's just, I love it that's so yum <laughs> it's fun that's, it's very clever um so I, I love that uh, and, uh, so I know, I think you told me before that, that, um, you guys dealt with all kinds of like crazy summer stock experiences. So it's kind of like pulled from life sort of. So, so many things were things we'd heard of the stories or like, um, you know, slightly exaggerated mm-hmm. stories. There was a lot like, you know, people watch our, watch the show and they're always like, is this person based, is this character based on this person right. or is this character based on this one? And no, I mean, like in every show, there's there's a more you know musical theater or kind of independent woman character. Let's like the right. just we obviously characterized it, expanded it, you know, um, 
there's always like the young the young actor who has the baritone voice and so is always cast as the dad you know so there's right. every cast has one of all of these characters um so it was really just like a a collection of, of those types of stories um you yeah. remember any crazy stories from when you guys were uh any fun crazy stories from when you guys did summer stock there when we did summer stock if you can share them if, if you can <laughs> not at the, the winnipesaukee playhouse but i did have one i was in a show when the fire alarm kept going off and they could not get it to, like it would they turn it off and then it would stay off for like <laughs> five minutes and then it would turn on again and it was like counting down the, the minutes oh my god that's before. annoying what show were you doing we were doing um hay fever no cow so loud outside. no you're fine uh, and we're, you know, and you have to have the fire alarm because it's a fire hazard. Do you, so you just keep going? I think eventually, event, we, we paused for a little bit and eventually they got it started out. But we were all worried it was going to go off in the middle of the show. That is <laughs> once, so we, once, yeah, another theater, it was like a, a barn, not the Winnipesaukee Playhouse, but a barn converted. And there was a hailstorm, and so like, you couldn't hear anything that was happening on stage, and like that was devastating. <laughs> That's wild. But you make it work. Absolutely. And how did um Winnipesaki, speaking of them, how did they um? Because I'm, I'm assuming they've seen the show by now. What did they think of it? What were yeah. they? Did they have any words? <laughs> we didn't. So loved it. I didn't realize until until the show actually came out that they were nervous about Aww. it because they knew that. You know, it was a satire and a parody, and they knew that we were filming it at their theater. Right. Um, I, 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 because they didn't ask to read the script or anything. They just so nice. So trusting for it, and um, obviously it is a parody, and obviously you know there's a lot of fun and jokes made, but at the heart of the series is just this deep respect for the work that. Oh yeah, um, definitely regional theaters too and the opportunities that they provide actors and above all the love of the craft and um you know it's an absolute blast there's nothing like it you know um everyone coming together and living together and having these very intense community or community experiences before taking the bus back to new york and going back to your regular lives so there's a lot of love in in this series and so i think they were very pleasantly surprised and, and um, awesome series yeah so um that was really really nice to, mm-hmm. to get that back. Yeah. and what were the owners names again just so we can give them another shot leslie right? and neil pankhurst leslie and neil you're awesome thank you for yeah, they are awesome <laughs> uh, and you've gotten into many film festivals with this show as you mentioned before what's the process like of submitting to so um film festivals okay you can if you if you're gonna do it i would say something that we learned i would say like no way before your series is done what festivals you want to submit to um because some of them have time restrictions right some of them um have deadlines obviously so you want to know like which year am i submitting it for for each festival some festivals require a premiere status others don't care for the web fest because it's more of like a new medium kind of um they're a little bit more casual about that but um I would just say, like, have your web, your plan of attack earlier than you think. Mm. Because I think we made it and we're like, okay, ready. And and there are a lot of, um, there are some opportunities that we missed. 
Um, so that's my advice for that. But you go onto Film Freeway, they oh. make it a really easy um, way to set up a profile, and you can submit to all of the festivals from that same spot. So it's a nice kind of place to to keep your material, and and it streamlines the process in a really great way. That's awesome. What was that called again? It's called Film Freeway. Oh, okay, good, good to know. Good to know. Very cool. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about the characters because they're they're so unique. The characters you have. Like, for one, you have A.J. Diddy, who plays Ted, the head of the theater company. He's hilarious. Um, I, I know they're all not specific people, but can you tell me more about the inspiration for this? Tell me more about this character, because I thought he was willing. So, Ted is... I, I When I think, I think of, like, sometimes, like, my high school theater teacher, <laughs> and that served as some good inspiration for Ted. Ted is eccentric and wacky. He loves an extended bizarre metaphor. Mm. He's, you know, he's definitely in his like imagination. He's very creative, but he's not always got the boots on the ground in terms of logistics, which is why some aspects of the theater don't run as smoothly as they could. Mm -hmm. Um, But Ted loves, loves the work that he does. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, I, I, the best I can think of it is like sometimes like some of the high school theater directors I have, but um, mm-hmm. he's eccentric. He 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 loves words. He's he's goofy. He loves his actors. Yeah, Ted's kind of amorphous. Uh, AJ was great, just so great. AJ is insane, and so much of Ted of AJ's Ted came out of some improv that like moments. So many of the images of Ted in the series are the fun runs that AJ did. That's and awesome. Like his own one-liners. AJ's a freaking brilliant. And then you've got like Jesse Gill, who's the techie or the stage manager. I thought she was really good at showing what kind of hell those people are usually in. She's trying to please everyone, an actress to her boss. Have um, you ever done any like tech work or stage manager work, or you just went off of other people? Yeah. No. Um. In high school, I'm not a singer. So in high school, I would usually do the technical side of the musicals. And um, the people, the tech kids were so great and so cool. But obviously, and this is more of a stereotype for high school, but it kind of exists, out, you know, sometimes in the professional world where, uh, you know, the stereotype is that actors are all full of themselves and <laughs> don't know the technicians' names, you know. Right. Um, which is why techie doesn't have a name. Techie is just called oh, techie. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, as kind of a, a nod at the fact that no one really cares enough to get to know her. Um, but they do so much work, so much of theater, obviously. Oh, yeah. The technical stuff, um, you know, the incredible lights and costumes and... and um, we need them, for sure. Exactly, right? So we kind of made a joke of that by having Techie in charge of all of the technical aspects of the show. And uh, no one really... No one really appreciates her for all the work that she does, but <laughs> and that's how it happens too. Because I did a show where I was stage managing, and I also ended up doing like light and sound, like the light board and soundboard or whatever. So yeah, yeah that happens sometimes. And Jesse was was great too in this role. Yeah, everybody was wonderful. Um, we've also got is it Azriel Cruz? Azriel, yeah, Azriel, yeah, and Christopher Joel um, Onkin. Onkin, yeah, Onkin, who parody the process of acting. I really like their showmance in the show. And Ella, I loved how wide-eyed and excited your your character Margot was. She's the ingenue. Do you remember like what it was like when you first started as an actor? Did you put any of yourselves in that of you in that character? Like you know, because she's like the yeah new fresh-faced actress. I mean, I I've been acting since I was a little kid, not professionally, just 
you know, I've always loved theater. Um, but I think of like my, my freshman year of NYU, you know, I was like, I'm ama- around all this amazing talent. And Aww. I definitely had kind of eager beaver, you know, hunger that Margot has. Yeah. Huge hunger to just learn it all. Um, so that definitely played a role. But then, yeah. <laughs> that's cool and then one of my favorites I think too was Yanni as Ben he really hit the heartstrings for me I think he really just wants to be accepted I feel like you could yeah. all kind of feel that way um what made you want to decide to put in this character and do you or Lindsay or anybody have experiences like that yeah Yanni is so good he was hilarious wonderful mm-hmm. uh yeah I Ben is kind of off that um what I was talking about earlier about how there's usually you know, a lot of times with, with regional theater or non-union, you know, um, the adult actor, like, and by adult, I don't mean like, I mean like 50s or 60s or 70s, that pool is much smaller. Um, so often if they have a, you know, a younger actor who can sing the notes or, or, you know, could believably play older, they'll, that's what will happen. So, you know, Lindsay and I were thinking about all the, all the young actors that we know who often are cast as those older roles. Um, and we were, you know, finding the humor in that. So that's what Ben, Ben is cast and he plays all three of the dads in Mamma Mia. Uh, and all Ben wants is a showmance and he just wants some onstage romance that would, you know, build into some offstage romance. But yeah, Ben's got a fun arc. He does that role so well too. He's, um, Yanni's amazing. He also went to school with Amanda and me. So, yeah. Oh, nice. Um, and then uh, Lindsay Bristol plays uh, Jessica, who I think was really good at flirting with Stephen. Really great comedic timing. Yeah. Um, Stephen yeah. Rada played Nathan. And I particularly love Jack Scott's Evan, his the gossipy character. Oh, I mean, he's dramatic, but still believable. How about like the inspiration? And he, um, did he also do a lot of improv as well? Um, did he? Uh, yeah, I think he did. Um, Jack, first of all, is so talented, so in love with mm-hmm. him. He really, love really brought Evan to life in a way that we hadn't even like fleshed him. He just really brought Evan to life. Evan mm-hmm. was kind of, it's like, you know, the, the musical theater dancer kid who, um, is really talented dancer and, um, you know, is giggly and, 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 uh, a great member of, of the cast. Um, but what I loved that Jack brought to the role of Evan was just this like incredible confidence and this, um, kind of like non-binary gender bending mm. aspect too. Totally. And he worked with Ricky, our costume designer. And, um, uh, you know, in the end, you see Jack's character and his friend Chrissy both play or are both the swan in their swan lake and are both Aww. wearing tutus and, um, yeah, Jack and Ricky just did amazing things with the costumes. I feel like every scene that Jack is in, he is hilarious. Mm-hmm. His costumes are on point, are like so interesting to look at. And, um, yeah, he really brought Evan to life in, in a way that, um, we didn't even see on the page. So that that's was really so nice. That's so cool. And that's, um, that's a mark of a, of a fabulous actor. Yeah, yeah. I hope he. I hope you tell him that you, we're gonna have to get him to listen to this so he can hear it because I'm sure that would be very special. Um, and and uh, how do you pronounce her first name? Miss Parrot, who plays Linda. I just don't want to. Shayla. Shayla, right? Um, she's the uh, older ensemble member, and she, or older, I just say like not like ingenue. 
Um, but I really think she showcases this, you know, a lot of actresses, myself, a lot of us that like, we're going to, once we get older, that there goes our like, you know, need to be important and how she just gets frustrated that she's seen as a mom. Can you talk a little bit about how you feel ageism comes into play, especially for women in theater? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, you know, here when I, sometimes when I talk to female actresses, they, they say like, you know, they worked all the time and then they hit 35 or whatever and they stopped working and then they worked again once they turned 60 or something. You wow. know what I mean? Like, I, I think there will always obviously be a bajillion million roles for men of any mm-hmm, age. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, often, sometimes like industry or um producers or writers don't know what to do with women that aren't the mom the sister the crush the hot one whatever right um and so i just think that that's a real shape because women yeah. play all sorts of roles and are of value at every age so exactly. she did a beautiful job bringing out linda's insecurities about um, aging out of those those ingenue roles in the theater, and um, you know her fear of will she work again, and I think that's a really really real fear for a lot of actresses. Absolutely, I'm starting to think that when I get older, maybe there'll just be less competition because that's the only other thing I'm trying to think of. But yeah, it is <laughs> it, it is it is scary though. Um, and we all want us, everybody wants, what I don't get about like the industry is like, I think everyone wants to see themselves represented. So it's like, they don't always realize that. For sure. And obviously things are changing. Aren't oh they? yeah. It's just slowly. <laughs> um, and so what's next for the show? Are there any plans to send it to networks or for like a second season? What, what what's the next step? Cause everybody loves it. It's a great yeah. show. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Um, Lindsay and I have written a full like 30 minute pilot version hmm. that we are, um, have been sending out to some people and having some meetings about um the dream obviously would be to um have the show basically be remade and and expanded into a full Mm. 30 minute format um just so that we can further develop the characters and the stories and and um right now it's very niche and like theater specific obviously so expanding it making it a little bit more accessible and universal Mm. that would be the dream um but yeah, right now we're just so happy that it's getting such good feedback on YouTube. So yeah. that's been really, really fun to hear people. You know, we filmed this a while ago and it's been a journey. When did we film it anyway? When was it? We filmed fall of 2019. Wow. So it's been a minute. <laughs> well, that's, that's, uh, that's cool though. So it just feels, it feels really, really amazing to be able to share it with people finally, especially everyone who donated. Um, you know, this is the product of their generosity and so we wanted to be, make sure we shared it with them um Absolutely. so yeah so as far as that goes too i'm i'm assuming if they're available will you use the same people will you expand with more characters or it's just hard to say like if you get the pilot or you get more episodes or anything like that? uh i don't i don't know <laughs> too far in the future too far. i don't know yeah um obviously we'd love to work with everyone again and everyone mm-hmm. you know who put so much into this um, but it's definitely, um, an unknown territory for right. Lindsay and I, you know? Um, so we'll just have to see. It's exciting though. There's, there's a whole big thing waiting for you guys. Like a big future, I think. Aww, um, I think, it's <laughs> I think so. Yeah. 
so what other projects um, are you working on and how can listeners follow new news on you and Lindsay and, and everybody involved? And this is BS. Yes, you can definitely follow us on Instagram. Please do. Would love that. We're at This Is BS The Series. We're also on Facebook at This Is BS The Series. Um, but if you want to watch it, that's the best way to support it. Watch it and share it with, with your friends. That is amazing. We'd be so grateful. It's on YouTube, um, right? Be easy to get it's to. on YouTube, but you can find it on our website, our website, which is uh, thisisbs.org. Mm-hmm. You can see all the episodes there. Um, otherwise, I'm at hey underscore Ella Smith and Lindsay, I think it's just I don't know what her Instagram is. But I, I follow know. both of them. So if you want to, if you want to check either of them out, you could also just see who I follow. But um, I'm looking too. Really, this is race. Lindsay, it's uh, it's at oh hey, it's Lindsay Shay, S H E A. You can follow along. We obviously post all the time about it. Um, but yeah, watch, share. And follow us on Instagram. Yes, yes, please do. Um, and yeah, that's again. Thank you so much for coming back. Um, I'm so sorry we couldn't have Lindsay with us. Sending her love and thank you too. Um, and thank you so much again for doing this again with the technical difficulties. But hopefully, people are gonna like. I feel like this isn't gonna be an even better episode because I have you a video and it looks nice. So yeah, thank you so much, and uh, you know, make sure you watch. This is BS. As you thank should. you. Thank you so much. <laughs> That's about going to do it for this episode of Johanna's Heartbeat. Thank you so much for tuning in, whether you're watching the video or you're listening. It would be really, really helpful if you're able to subscribe. You can rate and review because that really helps me out. I basically do this other than occasional small donations for free. So I really appreciate hearing your feedback and getting likes and uh, knowing what's working for you guys. Because without an audience, there is no show. Just be talking to the void. So I'm Johanna Grisey, your host of Johanna's Heartbeat. Thank you so much again to Ella Smith. Of this is BS the series. Remember, you can watch it on YouTube. They are, she is fantastic, as is her co-creator, Lindsay Bristol. There are very, very, very big and bigger things coming for these ladies. I just know it. And everybody involved in the series was phenomenal. Um, be sure to check out and follow their work. To learn more about me, you can go to johannagrisay.com. You can uh, check me out on Instagram. I'm Johanna R. Grisey there. Um, on Facebook, it's artist Johanna Grisey. I'm on Twitter as well. And now I have gotten into the TikToks, kids. The TikToks. Myself. But you can find me at Johanna Grisey Official on there. And I like to post silly little videos. And they seem to be getting a lot of views. So please do follow me on there. I would really appreciate it. Um, and remember that, unfortunately, even though numbers are down, COVID is still a thing. So please wear your mask on the subway. Please, if you haven't gotten it yet, please get your booster. Um, and please just stay as safe as you are able to. Warmer weather is coming, though. So yay, good news. But please continue to be like respectful of your fellow you know, citizens here and try to keep them safe as much as you can by getting vaccinated and masking where you need to. Thank you so much again for listening. And uh, this episode, I would like to dedicate uh, um, a little different here. I'd like to dedicate it to Ella and Lindsay and thank them so, 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 so much again for their patience with having to re-record the interview or to re-record it with Ella because that really meant a lot. I was, there's, I guess, a moment that happens for every podcaster where their technology fails them and they have to go hat in hand to the people who are guests and say, I'm so sorry we have to do this again because I don't have the tape. 
and they were just angels about it and really understanding. And uh, I really, 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 really appreciate their time. They rock. Um, thank you again for watching Johanna's Art Beats or listening. Take care, and uh, hopefully you'll tune in, tune in next time. Thanks a lot.